Reading this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Thanks, Laura. Uh, It's good to be back with you after a wonderful trip to Turkey and Greece with a number of coal people and what a wonderful journey we had following in the footsteps of Paul and seeing the seven churches of Revelation and learning and growing together. It was great. Over the last few weeks, you've had the opportunity to hear through Rod and Josh, they're preaching through 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You've learned about the new covenant. They've done well in explaining it. You see, Paul in this whole section of 2 Corinthians is laying out that there's really two ways to relate to God. You can either relate to Him through the old covenant the old way of relating, or the new covenant, the new way of relating. I think one of the most important developments in a Christian's life is learning to live by the new covenant. We all naturally live by the old covenant, and I'll explain more what it is, but we all naturally live by the old covenant, and we need to learn to live in the new covenant. And as Rod and Josh have talked about, the new covenant is Christ in us. It's Him living His life through us. It's not based on what we do. It's based on what He is is doing. It's His Spirit lived out through us, depending on His Spirit. You see, in contrast, the Old Covenant is different. (laughs) The words in chapter 3 that are used to describe the Old Covenant are words like this. Letter, as in the letter of the law, the, the rules. Condemnation. Death. So what is the Old Covenant? It's all based on the pressure of performance. If I want God's blessing, I need to perform. I need to do the right thing. So there's pressure on me to do the right thing, to earn God's favor. And again, we all naturally live that way because that's the way our world is, right? Everything's about performance. If you want good grades, you have to earn them. If you want a good performance evaluation at work, you better do well. You'd better perform. And our world's based on that, and so we easily bring that into our relationship with God. And I 
find it easy for myself to fall into that still. When I see that I've failed, I easily fall into condemnation, guilt, pressure. And the death that results of that, from that, death, what does he mean by death? Spiritual death, the, the guilt, the frustration, the shame that overwhelms us, that pressure to get it right. So I'm learning more and more over time to repent of that, to go immediately to God instead of beat myself up when I fail. Instead, go to God and say, yep, God, you're right, I blew it. But I'm coming back to you because I wasn't depending on you and now I want to go back to depending on you. You hear the freedom in that? That's life by the new covenant. It's grace. Now, Lord, love others through me. Live your life through me. I'm available. It's a wonderful way to live the new covenant. But again, we easily fall into the old covenant. (laughs) Well, the new covenant should affect every area of our lives. We should be looking to Him to live His life through us, and especially in how we minister, how we love and serve others. And that's in our passage today. Paul is explaining new covenant ministry to the Corinthians. New covenant. Don't be intimidated by that word ministry. It's it's simply serving others. Ministry is not just what pastors do. It's what every believer in Christ does. So as we go through this passage, understand that it all applies to every one of us who is a follower of Jesus Christ. And so this passage is key because it helps us understand how we can serve in that power of the new covenant instead of old covenant ministry so that we can be the men and women who live out the new covenant in all that we do. Pray with me and then we'll look at this passage together. Lord, this new covenant is glorious. It's your life in us. What a miracle that you would choose to live your life out through us to impact our worlds. May your word be clear today. May I get out of the way and may you speak to every heart here so that each may understand and learn to live out the new covenant in how they serve others. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give five truths that I see in this brief passage here about New Covenant ministry that we need to understand. First, in verse 1, is that New Covenant ministry is based on God's mercy. Let me read that verse again, chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we received mercy, we do not lose heart. He says and reminds the Corinthians here, he says, hey, remember that this ministry, this new covenant ministry, this new way of relating to God is based on mercy. Never forget that. Why is that so important? Well, because under the old covenant, you see, the whole relationship with God was not based on mercy. It was, again, based on performance. And the law made it very clear. If you obey you will be blessed. If you do not obey, you will receive the curses of the law. And the Israelites experienced those because they didn't obey. None of us can obey, right? Really? Fully? There's no way. And so the result is that they experienced the curses of the law, the rejection of God. They went into exile. They were judged. They were defeated by enemies. 
And see, we today live by the old covenant when we feel like my relationship with God is not based on mercy. It's based on, I better do it right, and if I don't, then I'm judged. I need to be punished. Don't we easily fall into that? Sure. That's the old covenant, though. And so Paul is saying, I want you to remember that your relationship with God is based on mercy. The new covenant ministry is always based on mercy. God's mercy and forgiveness given through the cross of Jesus Christ. This means that, as Paul says, that, yeah, God sees my failure. He knows I'm a sinner. He knows I struggle. But he looks at me with mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Not getting the punishment we deserve. But God extends mercy to us. And instead of giving us judgment, gives us life. Why? Based on the fact that Jesus bore our punishment. He took it all. And so the new covenant is always this celebration of what God has done for me. His mercy, His love, His forgiveness. Life's not about my performance, but about knowing and loving Him. Responding in gratitude to Him. And that frees me up to serve others freely. Because I don't have to perform to get God's favor. I'm able to give my life away as a gift. So, see very clearly, Paul's trying to make this distinction between living by pressure, performance, or living by gratitude. And if you want to know if you're living by the new covenant, are you living a life of gratitude? Praise, thanksgiving to God for his forgiveness every minute, even though you don't do it all right, yet he forgives you and gives you life. So Paul says, because of that, we don't lose heart. We don't get discouraged. Old covenant always leads to discouragement. But the new covenant leads to gratitude, to power, to encouragement, because we aren't overwhelmed by our, by our own failure. Instead, we rejoice in God's mercy. So the first truth he wants us to highlight here about New Covenant ministry is it's based on mercy and leads to gratitude. Secondly, New Covenant ministry rejects manipulation. It renounces, it rejects any kind of manipulation in the way you do ministry. Notice what he says. In verse 2, we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God. He says, there is a way to do ministry, an old covenant way to do ministry, where it's wrapped up in secret, shameful ways, craftiness, adulterating, distorting the Word of God. What, why does Paul go here? What's he talking about? Why, why is this on his mind? Well, later in the book, in chapter 11, we'll see him talking about the super apostles. These were other men that were traveling around speaking supposedly in the name of Christ. But they were depending on craftiness, adulterating the Word of God to get people in, to get more numbers They were manipulating people to get them in the door, trying to get people to follow them. See, that's a clear sign of Old Covenant ministry. Old Covenant means, okay, it depends on me. It's not what God's doing, it's what I'm doing. But if you have that attitude, then 
the end justifies the means, right? I've got to save people. I've got to make it happen. So I will use manipulation, whatever it takes, to get people in the door, to get them to respond. So ministry needs to be big, impressive, popular, because it all depends on me. He uses the word deception or craftiness. This is using deceit to manipulate someone. It's easy to fall into this. We were in Ephesus, and I want to show you a slide from Ephesus. Can you put that up? (laughs) Makes you want to go into that store, right? See, when we were there, there's all these little shops as you come out of all these glorious ruins. It's an amazing place to be in Ephesus. And all these little shops where they're selling things. Of course, this is true all over Turkey, Greece as well. But there's a sign. And then when you get near the store, you know, you're curious. What, genuine fake watches? And, and they say, oh, come on in, come on in, come on in. There's guys standing at the front of the, their little shop and they're saying, hey, for you, first one of the day, first customer, 50% off for, just for you. Come on in, a special deal. Yeah, and it's last end of the season, so you can come in and we'll give you a good deal and all kinds of things to get you in the door. Of course, none of their promises are really true once you get in the door, but they're just trying to get you in the door because they get you in the door, they think they may have you hooked. Too often, Christian ministries act the same way using some kind of manipulation to get people in the door, giving out candy, gifts, promises, using celebrities with big names. Somehow, if we can just get them in the door, we'll share the gospel. But we've got to manipulate things to get them in the door. Or we use manipulation in other ways. Guilt, for example, it's so easy to say, you know, if you don't respond, no one else will. What, then what's going to happen? If you don't serve our kids in Sunday school, they're destined for hell forever. Or we use fear. You'd better follow this, read this book, follow this plan, or your kids are not going to turn out well. We use emotional pressure and psychological manipulation, using the strength of our position as a pastor to cajole people, to pressure people, into responding a certain way, a force of personality, whatever it might be, there's all kinds of things we can use to try to manipulate people because if ministry depends on us, that's old covenant ministry, I better find a way to make it happen. Find the latest technique, read the latest book, whatever it takes to make it happen because ministry depends on me. I got an email this week and I get these all the time. I get letters emails, whatever. But it's encouraging us. We need to have this guy come to Cole. He specializes in assisting churches in leadership development, capital campaigns, developing effective church strategies, systems, and processes for church growth and health. He has personally led several churches to incredible turnaround growth. You know, if you just find the latest technique, the latest plan, then you can accomplish what apparently God isn't able to do on his own. That's old covenant ministry. And that is not what God's called us to. And that's what Paul is so upset about because these super apostles are using manipulation. They're using old covenant pressure 
to get people to respond. And Paul says, we renounce that. Secondly, he says, we also renounce distorting or adulterating the word of God. The background of this word is that people in the marketplace would water down their wine and then sell it as if it was full strength. They would dilute it to cheat people. But he says that's easy to do. These super apostles were apparently doing it where they were watering down the word, you know, only sharing the parts of the gospel that are encouraging, that make people feel good, that tickle their attitudes, their parts, give them what they want, give them what their felt needs, etc. Only saying the acceptable parts. I sat down one time in a small group with one of the pastors of one of the largest and most wealthy churches in California. And he shared in this small group, he said, I've been at this church for eight years. And I can't talk about anything but God's love yet. But I'm hoping I can start talking about sin and some of the harder things in a few years. But they're just not ready for that. And I think that's watering down the word of God. You see, we need to speak truth, and even if it's hard for people to hear. Describing a ministry today that's very popular, a journalist did an interview with the pastor who's over this ministry, and he describes how his service is an uninhibited celebration that's part rock concert, part spectacular. There are no crosses, no religious symbols whatsoever. It's all taped and broadcast around the world as service is seen in a hundred foreign countries. He preaches his own version, the journalist says in this interview, of what's known as the prosperity gospel, that God is a loving, forgiving God who will reward believers with health, wealth, and happiness. It's the centerpiece of every sermon. The journalist was talking to this pastor and saying, so this is what you described for... Improving your life, you must be positive towards yourself, develop better relationships, embrace the place where you are. And he says, yeah, that's my message. The journalist says, well, there's no mention of God in that. Not one mention of Jesus Christ in that. Pastor says, yeah, that's true. That's just my message. I'm here to help people. But I think Paul would be very upset at that. I think Paul would say, that's watering down the gospel. That's not the gospel at all, in fact. Old covenant ministry says, hey, whatever it takes to help people is okay. I'm helping people. New covenant ministry says, no, I never water down the word of God. I'm going to do all I can to make sure that the word is taught clearly and openly. This is not a business that I run for God to produce certain results. This is the kingdom of God. This is what God is doing. Not what we're doing. It's not about us. And that's why the next truth is this. He openly declares the truth. Someone who's living in the new covenant, doing new covenant ministry, openly declares the truth instead of adulterating it. Verse 2. Instead of uh, craftiness, adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. New Covenant ministry says, 
I believe in God's activity and in the power of the word, and therefore I just simply openly teach the truth. Unlike the false apostles who have to water it down to get results. Paul says, I simply openly declare the truth. I release the word of God and let it do its work. Charles Spurgeon put it this way, the word of God is like a lion. (laughs) You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose and the lion will defend itself. The word of God is like a lion. We not only not have to defend it, but it is powerful and it is what impacts people and therefore we can set it free and let it have its impact. Paul trusts the word as a living word and therefore I just openly declare it and let it have its results. Paul doesn't have to manipulate people to believe it, but he trusts God to work. One of the reasons I so value and appreciate Billy Graham and his ministry is he's always said, I will simply share the gospel. I'm an evangelist, that's my calling, but what I will always do is simply share the simple gospel. We're sinners, we're separated from God, we're under judgment, but God has made a way through the cross. If we put our faith in the cross, we can be forgiven and we become the children of God. It's a simple gospel, and Billy Graham has preached it for how many years? his entire ministry. And the way he does ministry is very New Covenant. I read an interview recently and he just talked about, you know what? what's most important in my ministry is prayer. I pray, I pray, I pray because I know it's God's work, it's not mine. And then I release the word, I simply declare the word and the gospel and let it have its impact and thousands and thousands and thousands have come to Christ over the years because he's been willing to stick to new covenant ministry. At Cole, we believe in the power of God's word. That's why we teach through books of the Bible. That's why we exposit. That's why we believe our job is to make the word clear, open it up, and work through books of the Bible and make it clear and let it do its job through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's God's work. It doesn't depend on us being the best speakers or having the best programs or any of that. It depends on God working through his word. Isaiah 55 describes God's word and the power of it. I want to read that because I think it's a powerful passage. Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11 say, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bear and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. You see, Paul believes that. And he says, therefore, all I have to do is openly declare the word and let God use it for his purposes. And that's New Covenant ministry. But see, Old Covenant ministry, again, is if people aren't getting it, I need to somehow say it in a way or do it in a way to get people to respond. And that's why he goes on to verse 3 and 4. Even if our gospel's veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so they might not see the light 
of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now, why does he put that in there? Well, because an old covenant attitude would be, well, if people aren't responding, then I must be doing it wrong. And he's saying, no, you need to remember that if people aren't responding to God's word, it's because Satan has blinded their minds. This is far bigger than us doing it aright or something. It's his work. It's what he's doing. But it's easy to begin to take responsibility, isn't it, to think somehow it depends on me. I remember as a young believer wanting my dad to come to Christ. And I remember sharing with him, you know, I'd go to him, I'd work up the courage to go talk to him because he was very anti-Christian. And I'd go to him and try to share Christ with him and he wouldn't respond. He would reject the gospel. And I would go away and feel bad and think, oh, I didn't say it right. If I, I got to figure out, you know, how do I get to him? How do I do this? And I would pray, Lord, give me the right words. But see, that is totally old covenant, isn't it? It's making it dependent on me. And we've all done that, haven't we? We've made it dependent on us. And what Paul is saying, no, you know, you're not going to say the perfect words or whatever, but share the truth. Let the lion go. Let the lion free. And if they don't respond, it's because their minds are blinded by Satan. Nothing you do will open their eyes. So a mark of the new covenant ministry is that you openly declare the truth. Number four, a mark of new covenant ministry is that it preaches Jesus, not yourself. Preaches Jesus, not yourself. Notice what he says in verse 5. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord. And ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Again, he's making a contrast here, isn't he? See, in the Old Covenant, the tendency is to preach yourself. I have to do it right. It all depends on me. I better say the right thing. I... I, and so there's this pressure and it's about me and what I'm accomplishing for God or what our church is accomplishing for God or my ministry or whatever it is. And so we tend to promote ourselves above Jesus. That's old covenant ministry because we begin to feel like it all depends on me. It's common in ministries today, if you listen carefully What's really at the center of what's being said? Is it about the ministry and what they're accomplishing? And if you follow these techniques and church growth principles and everything, boy, we can make you a great church. Or is it about Jesus and what he's accomplishing, what he is doing? In the end, old covenant ministry will always lead to condemnation and death. It will not get very far. Some of you probably read The Statesman this week on Monday as it talked about this new phenomenon. It says, It looked like a typical Sunday morning at any megachurch. Several hundred people, including families with small children, packed into more than an hour of rousing music and inspirational talk and some quiet reflection. The only thing missing was God. Nearly three dozen gatherings dubbed atheist megachurches by supporters and detractors have sprung up around the U.S. and Australia with more to come after finding success in Great Britain earlier this year. One of the founders said this, 
He got the first inkling for the idea when leaving a Christmas carol concert six years ago. There was so much about it I loved. But it's a shame because at the heart of it, it's something I don't believe in, Jones said. He's an atheist. If you think about church, there's very little that's bad. It's singing awesome songs, hearing interesting talks, thinking about improving yourself and helping other people, and doing that in a community with wonderful relationships. What part of that is not to like? Interesting, isn't it? But I wonder if how many of our Christian churches are no different. Because Jesus is not really the center, it's more about us. And that this fellow Jones could walk into many, many churches today and feel very comfortable because Jesus really isn't the center. That's what was happening in these super apostle churches, these gatherings. And so Paul is upset about that. And he says, no, we don't preach ourselves. We don't preach, look at how wonderful our group is, come to us. No, we preach Jesus. We make him the center of what we do. You see, New Covenant ministry, Jesus is always the center because it's what he has done for us and what he is continuing to do day by day as Lord of his church that's important. And that's what we preach. I always want to make him the center. I know I don't do it perfectly, but I want it to make him the center. And we at Cole want to make him the center and make sure he gets the glory for anything good that happens. I had a young man, I heard he was talking about Cole, and he said, I don't like everything at Cole, you know, the music. It's not exactly what I would choose, and there's certain things, you know, that I would, it's not exactly what I would choose at all, but I stay. Because at Cole, it's all about Jesus. I couldn't have ever heard a better compliment than that. Now, I know we don't do it perfectly, and, and, and I'm not trying to, say we do, but I'm saying that's, that's our goal. That's, that should be our goal. That's new covenant ministry where it's all about Jesus. And Lord, may it be so about us in, in our families, in our ministries, in whatever we're involved in. May it be all about Jesus. And then Paul says something really interesting. He says, we don't preach ourselves. We preach Jesus, says Lord. But by the way, we do preach ourselves. You notice he says that in that verse. We do preach ourselves as your slaves, as your bondservants for Christ's sake. He says, yeah, if we talk about ourselves at all, (laughs) it's simply we're not here to promote ourselves. We're here to place ourselves under you, to build you up, O Corinthians, to build you up, body of Christ. And so that's our place whether we're pastors or apostles or people in the congregation, our place is to be servants of others, slaves of others, seeking to help others grow and be all that God wants them to be. So Paul wants us to be discerning about Old Covenant versus New Covenant ministry. And if you see a church that Jesus really isn't the center, then that's a problem. That's Old Covenant versus New And then the final truth we see in this passage is that New Covenant ministry depends on God to change lives, not us. It simply results from everything we've said, right? But he says that really clearly, I think, in verse 6. 
For God, who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Remember, he said, if, if they're not getting it, if people aren't responding, it's because Satan has blinded their minds. And he says, remember what God did in our lives, every one of us. He's shown his light. He spoke into our lives. And he's referring here when it says light, God said light shall shine out of darkness. I think he's referring to Genesis 1-3. Remember when there was chaos in creation and God said, let there be light. He spoke into the darkness and began to bring order and creation. And what Paul is saying is that every time somebody gets the gospel, every time somebody turns to Christ, every time we begin to see something new in the Word as believers, it's because God is recreating. God has spoken. God is acting. It doesn't depend on us. It's God's work. So he said, remember that. Never forget that it depends on God to change lives, not on us. Every time something, someone comes to Christ or somebody grows in Christ, it's an act of God in his amazing power to speak into that person's life through the power of the Spirit. And it takes all God's creative power to do that. Now, isn't this freeing? It frees us up to just serve God, to know that it's his work. Therefore, our part is simply to depend on him, ask him to love people through us, keep speaking truth, and let God do his work. And if a hundred people show up, great. If one person shows up, great. If a thousand people show up, great. That's totally up to God. Our part is to be faithful to depend on him to trust him and to trust the power of his word. I, I really like just a recent example here, Cole, of you know the, the whole uh, getting new chairs. Now, it would have been really easy to try to be manipulative with that, to say, our chairs are falling apart, people are getting hurt when they fall, and all that's been true, by the way. And we could have pressured you, pressured you to say, you know, we need new chairs and you need to give, and we could have used emotional Manipulation. But at Cole, we try to say, look, here's a need. Pray about it. And if God moves, great. We're we're trusting him. And you all responded in incredible ways. And now, as you've seen in the bulletin today, we have enough to completely resupply the entire church with new chairs because of your generosity and gratitude and your responding to the Spirit of God. Uh, That just brings great joy to my heart. You see, God wants us to be discerning believers about ministries. To watch out for old covenant type ministries that it's all about me and therefore I have to manipulate and pressure and preach myself and all of that versus new covenant ministry where it's all about Jesus. And our job then is simply to depend on him, delight in his mercy, renounce manipulation and trust God to work through the power of his word as we keep the focus on Jesus. And we trust God for the results. You see, New Covenant ministry is wonderful because it accomplishes God's kingdom in His way. So may we be a church and may each of us be people of the New Covenant by how we love others. Let's pray.
Lord, what a joy it is to know that you want to use us in all our weakness to impact this world through the kingdom of God. But Lord, it's about you. It's not about us. So may we be people who minister, who serve others, who love others in a new covenant way so that you might truly get all the glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.